0: What kind of f-
1: Don't fall asleep.
0: Hello, and welcome to Horror Core Trash Over the show that discusses all of the masterpieces and trash the pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And Five Weeks at Freddy's
1: is back for another week. Yes. Uh, our Halloween October special, yes. where we go through the Nightmare on Elm Street sequels, post Freddy's Revenge. Yes, and this
0: week we have, in my opinion, something else up there with one of the with with the most underrated horror sequels of all time. Okay, yeah, I agree. This doesn't des- this doesn't get the love that it deserves mm, from people. Um. I, this is the first Nightmare on Elm Street film that I watched in full without covering my eyes. Um, and it's the film that made me fall in love with the franchise. It's also the
1: quintessential MTV horror film. Absolutely. And the quintessential Nightmare on Elm Street sequel. I think this incorporates everything that the Nightmare on Elm Street sequels yeah. were known for. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the one that does it the best. Uh-huh, yeah, it is. not saying it's the best sequel, no. but you understand what I mean. Yeah. It is A
0: Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master, released in 1988, uh, or as it was known in Japan, A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Last Counter-Attack.
1: Oh. Okay, I quite got a, the same ring to it.
0: No, no, it's not quite <laughs> um,
1: Freddy Free Claws
0: of whatever it was, Claws oh, of the yeah. Nightmare. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, 1988, the first year where all three of the uh, then top horror franchises, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th and Halloween, all released new films in the same year oh. Of course we had Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, and we also had Friday the 13th Part 7, The New Blood, which we'll be discussing this coming Friday Ooh. all I, these. Do
1: you know which one went at the box office?
0: All of them were number one at the box office, but Dream Master was the highest grossing horror film. I did think that. year. That. Yeah. Uh, I mean, also, the same year as How About How 2, if I remember correctly. Okay. You know, it's big year for horror sequels. Yeah, it's not, not a bad year either, actually. I mean, this is, you know, we're, we're currently in a big year for horror sequels. Oh, with the Rise. Scream 6. Yeah. Exodus believer. I knew that was coming. The nun two. More on that on Friday. <laughs> sure. Friday, we're gonna talk about the Friday the 13th episode. Oh yeah, I'm getting my end of months. Yeah, that's original wow. versus remake. going to wait the end of the month. Wow. Um so Dream Master is directed by Rennie Harlan, who directed Driven, the Diat Love Pass incident, Cliffhanger, Cutthroat Island, Die Hard 2, The Convenant. Uh, there's in the homoerotic covenant film from the two thousands, oh. Deep Blue Sea, Exorcist: The Beginning, oh. the Long Kiss Goodnight, and more. Oh. Um, he got this job in an interesting way. He uh basically just refused to take no for an answer. <laughs>
1: Essentially,
0: rather than accept the rejection, he he showed up at New Line Cinema offices on a daily basis, repeatedly requesting to speak with Bob Shea. Uh, For a variety of reasons, they didn't like any of the other directors who came in for meetings about the film. And Harlan was always around, so uh, his persistence paid off. And uh, he was so clearly impoverished that his clothes never seemed to change day to day. It started to smell. So they had to hire him so he could afford some new clothes.
1: Yes, and so that he could get his really great start in Hollywood and get some nice new clothes and stop smelling... I bet they paid him a great deal. I'm sure they did, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bob Shay yeah. never liked him.
0: He rarely spoke to him throughout the shoot, even though he would visit the set quite often, which made his cameo scene a little difficult. Uh, the resort intention meant Harlan lived day uh, lived each day on set like it would be his last, because he was fairly positive Shay was going to fire him at any moment without warning.
1: Yeah, Um. throughout these episodes, I'm assuming... Um. They have brain cells. Um, Bob Shea is not going to come across very well. No, no. (laughs) Um, I feel he, every time we've ever mentioned him um, in regards to the Nightmare on Elm Street films, it's been him dissing something or sticking his nose in when it's not needed or taking a dislike to someone and maybe not being the most professional about his opinions mm-hmm. and such.
0: So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ronnie Harlan's original version of the film was considered to be too campy and ridiculous by New Line Cinema, which is why some cuts were made on the film before theatrical release. The original cut had an, an alternative score and many deleted and extended scenes, including more scenes with Kristen, including a nightmare scene in which she's chased by Freddy soon after he killed Joey and Kincaid, an extended version of uh, and an extended version of the beach scene where Freddie's shadow is uh, touching and burning her with sunburns. Small parts of these scenes can be seen in trailers for the film, and there are also some still showing the extended beach scene. Uh, There's also an additional nightmare scene with Alice dreaming that her father turns into Freddie. It is believed by fans who first discovered these missing scenes that Harlan's original version is lost. Only the original script
1: has all the deleted scenes. That's a shame. That is a shame. They it sounds a little cartoonish. Yeah. The scenes that are missing. But also,
0: too camp and ridiculous. I mean, this is probably the campus film in the franchise.
1: Yes. Yes. Probably not the most ridiculous. No. But probably the campus. Yeah. Um, yeah, let let's discuss The Elephant in the Room, which is this is the film, in my opinion, mm. that changed Freddy Krueger as a film character. Yeah. this Now, he'd had his wisecracks. He'd, you know, he was one of the only ones that really spoke mm-hmm. uh, of the horror sort of franchise villains. He was the only one that spoke at great length. Yeah. And uh, this is the film where he becomes the pun master. Yes. <laughs> rather than the yeah. dream master. The master of puns. Uh-huh. the clown. Yeah. And Renny Harlan himself said he kind of wanted Freddy Krueger to be the hero. Yeah. The round of applause for the great death scenes for these throwaway teenagers. Yeah, he did
0: say in an interview, Um, I said, this is the fourth movie of the franchise. We can't really pretend that the audience doesn't really know what's going on. We can't just make it scary and expect the audience to buy into it. It's so much a part of pop culture already, so we have to twist it. Let's make Freddy the James Bond of horror. He had to be bigger than life, kind of like a hero, even though he's the bad guy. We had to introduce humour and wink at the audience like, we know you know, so let's go and have fun. That was the biggest thing Bob Shea was worried about. Now you look at the film and think, why didn't everyone realise it was going to work? They didn't. I wasn't so sure either. At that point, this was New Line's big franchise. Bob Shea never spoke to me during the whole making of the film. He'd just be on set and look really angry and frustrated in the background. I was scared. I felt like I was pretending I knew what I was doing, although I knew what I was doing. Still, I thought one of these days they'll say, he's just a kid from Finland. What does he know? We went there to the first test screenings, very nervous with our hearts beating out of our chest. At that screening, uh, when the audience started applauding, screaming and laughing, Bob Shea looked at me and was like, oh my God, I think you were right. And we got a standing ovation. Mm. Um, Yeah, because this is what people... Well, it's equal parts what people hated but what also what people wanted. You know, he became a Freddy Krueger became a household name because of this film, and because of Dream Warriors. You know, the two combined, you you get a
1: merchandise aimed at kids and everything. It's it's a weird one to look back on now. All the kids merchandise based on Freddy Krueger, the child molester, yeah, and killer, yeah. Um, it is weird, to I don't know if you get that now I mean, I don't think we're getting Tony Collette hereditary pyjamas for kids, are we? No,
0: I mean, I was surprised in the UK To see the Batman merchandise in kids Like in the entertainer mm. and kids' stores Given that it was a 15, so kids couldn't even go and see it Yeah. But that's nothing, that's just one small thing That could easily be explained away As they'll just think it's any old Batman stuff, you know When you look back at around this time, you had RoboCop figures. Yeah, that's um, true. You know, Alien, Terminator. You know, I had Terminator and
1: RoboCop action figures when I was younger. (laughs) And it's not to say that kids aren't watching these films. Oh, I I watched 15s before I was meant to. Uh I watched 18s before I was meant to according to the BBFC or the yeah. NBA. I watched films earlier than I was, you know, should have. Um, what confuses me is the idea that the studios actively wanted an audience too young to watch these films. Yeah. And therefore made all this merchandise. Yeah. Like Freddy Krueger next to He-Man in the Toys R Us. Yeah. Um, Okay, I mean, that's great now for big geeks like us who love collecting shit. Uh-huh. That's wonderful. <laughs> it's just a bit strange.
0: It's very strange. Yeah. yeah. Um, Renny Harlan based this film on a Chinese ghost story from 1987 and created all the nightmares himself based on dreams he had throughout his life. But it almost wasn't Renny Harlan doing this film. In fact, Dutch director Dick Maas, the genius behind Amsterdam and Lyft, yes. was offered to helm the project, but he had to decline due to scheduling conflicts with Amsterdam.
1: Oh, wow. Oh, so that was before Amsterdam? Yeah. Um, I think he would have done a good job. Oh, yeah. He I think Reddy thinks... Harland does a good job. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely.
0: Um. But can you imagine Dick Maas with how weird <laughs> his films are? You know, it would probably would have been twice as camp. I think so. Um. Yeah, it's written by uh, William Cotswinkle, who did Book of Love and the story for the Fat Boys, Are You Ready for Freddy? music video. Oh. So, Fat Boys, Are You Ready for Freddy? Yes. That or Dream Warriors by Doke. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Um, I would have to go with Dream Warriors. Yeah. Even though I do love a bit. Fat Boys with Freddie. This is Freddy, also Freddy, Freddy, Freddy. another sign
0: of how far the pop culture side of things went. Robert Englund raps on this song. <laughs> you know, he's in the music video. Um the samples from the other film, so you got Heather Langenkamp
1: on the track as well. What would it Slaps? <laughs> it does, it does go off. But what do what were the Fat Boys famous for? I did, don't know. I feel like they did a random version of a Beach Boys song. Yeah, and sort of. this one with Chubby Checker. Oh, or was it Chubby Checker? Yeah, I think it was Chubby Checker.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: it may have been. That's the only th- other thing I
0: know them for. But um, of course, it wasn't just the Fat Boys. Are you ready for Freddy? Robert Englund went on to do an entire rap album. <laughs> We own it on vinyl we, and Thankfully, I'm yeah. pleased to say we do Again, it slaps But how ridiculous Like, this is kind of like I mean, you think of modern um, Horror icons Like, imagine Bonnie Aarons going on to do A fucking metal album or yeah. something As the nun no. <laughs> Imagine, you know, Bill Skarsgård As uh, Pennywise Doing a fucking album
1: I suppose <laughs> The most comparable would be um, is it Art the Clown. Yeah. From Terrifier. Uh-huh. Although I could kind of see that. Him doing a... He doesn't talk, though. Does he not? No. I don't know much about film. <laughs> and I haven't seen the second one. Megan. Megan could do a full album. Well, Megan did sing. Um, yeah, technically, yeah. Megan did. <laughs> okay. Maybe we're talking ourselves into it being okay and... Yeah. yeah, maybe... I've, I've no problem with it. I think it's High
0: Camp, and I encourage modern horror high, icons to do it. I, I'd love to see it. Uh, Brian Helgeland also co-wrote this, uh, Man on Fire, Legend, A Knight's Tale, Finest Kind, Robin Hood, Highway to Hell, two episodes for the Friday the 13th TV series. Also Oscar winner for Alley Confidential, and Oscar nominee for Mystic River, Ooh. Um, and many other projects he's worked on. I mean... Amazing. Yeah? Yeah. That's two weeks in a row now I've had Oscar winners from these films, or Oscar nominees.
1: Everyone's got to start somewhere.
0: And also um, co-written by Jim and Ken Wheat, who did The Silent Scream, Ewoks, The Battle for Endor, The Fly 2, The Jeff Goldblum Fly 2, The Birds 2, Land's End, It Came From Out Space 2, The Stepford Husbands, and many more, including Pitch Black, the Vin Diesel film. They seem obsessed with sequels. They do, they do. Do you think this film got them the sequels? Maybe.
1: Jim I think they all came after this. The Wheat Brothers. Yeah. Yeah? I mean, I want to watch every single one of them. Including but... The Birds 2 Land's End. Incl- including The Birds 2 Land's End, definitely. Um, so
0: Heldland, the uh, the Oscar winner, was hired to write this film after being recommended by Robert Englund, for whom he penned the screenplay to 976 Evil, which was Robert Englund's directorial debut. Oh. The film had a release date set, but no script or director. And Heldland was hired under the condition that he could deliver the script within seven days. He was advised by Newland Cinema head, our favourite Bob Shea, that if the script came in a day late, they didn't want it. Heldland then flew home to Massachusetts for Christmas and wrote the script sitting at his father's kitchen table. He FedExed the finished screenplay back to Los Angeles and made his deadline. Based on his script, Rennie Harlan signed on and the film marks Heldland's first screen credit. Though 976 Evil was his first
1: produced screenplay, it was released after
0: this. Oh.
1: But, and then, I, I, he doesn't get a credit, seemingly, but from what we've seen, Rennie Harlan... Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's strange that he's not even uncredited on like IMDB and Letterboxd because he did a fair bit. Yeah. Um, based on the characters created by Wes Craven, who turned down the offer to direct and rewrite the script. Uh, he and Bruce Wagner came up with a concept for the film that involved time travel through dreams. But Bob Shea and Sarah Risher felt this was too high concept for a nightmare on Elm Street sequel mm. and didn't think it fit the formula that Craven created with the first film. Note, this is two films before Freddy's Dead, which makes time travel look simplistic.
1: Yeah.
0: And not all that ridiculous. In fact, there's a bit of time travel in the fucking film.
1: There is, yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Technically, there's a bit of time travel in this film as well. Mm. Depending on how you look at it. Okay. Alice older in the diner. This has been on a budget of $13 million and becoming the highest grossing film in the franchise, not counting Freddy vs. Jason. It earned $49.3 million
1: worldwide. And I think that's a testament to the film itself, but also a testament to Dream Warriors. Yeah, definitely. Um, Because now, these days, you kind of find 100 people's opinions on a film you get the chance to watch it yeah but back in the day, back in the day mm-hmm. um you would go buy a few maybe a few reviews yeah but you would go and see a film based on if you think you're going to enjoy it or not yeah and with dream warriors being such a huge success people gone and seen dream master yeah do you understand what uh-huh. i mean yeah you know it's not It's based off, you know, if you, and it's, yeah, I I understand what I'm talking about. No, you're absolutely right with what you're saying. Yeah, it's a
0: lot of word of mouth. Um, Whereas nowadays, it is word of mouth, but the word of mouth is a lot easier to find.
1: And I'm assuming Dream Warriors was also popular on VHS as well. Oh, god, yeah. So, you know, people going and wanting to see the next chapter Mm -hmm. in the franchise.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the success of this film convinced producers to create Freddy's Nightmares, the TV series as well.
1: Okay, yeah. Should we talk about who's in the Dream Master? Yes, in a section we like to call Hey, I Know You. First
0: up we have Lisa Wilcox as Alice Johnson. MILF. Well, funny you say that, because uh, she is the recent star of (laughs) MILF Manor, a reality show in which a bunch of uh, MILFs Go into a manor with their kids,
1: yeah, it's...
0: and it's a dating show. I, I honestly wish I could tell you
1: it's less weird than it sounds, but no, no, it's no. fucking weird. It is. Um, it's a strange one. We unfortunately haven't been able to watch it in its entirety. <laughs> We've seen the clips only seen <laughs> clips. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm living for it. Lisa Wilcox looked beautiful in 1988 Mm and she looks beautiful in 2023
0: she Uh, she is of course a star of Nightmare on Street 5 spoiler alert (gasps) Star Trek The Next Generation Bill and Ted's excellent adventures with an S the TV series Murder She Wrote
1: Boy Meets World Men Seeking Women and more I think we're definitely getting into the portion of the Nightmare on Elm Street films where everyone was in an episode of Murder, She Wrote. There
0: is another Murder, She Wrote coming up. Of course.
1: Next up, we have
0: Robert Englund. And I'm going to do a quick fire of Robert Englund because that'll help encourage you to go back and listen to the uh, other episode that we did last week, if you haven't already. Yes. Uh, yes, of course, Urban Legends, Stranger Things, Nightmare on Elm Street, the rest of the franchise, The Mangler, Hatchet and more. He plays Freddy Krueger in this and nurse without makeup. (laughs) I think he does. He
1: certainly does.
0: Um, Yeah, this is the first film in the franchise where he receives top billing in the opening credits. Fully
1: deserved. Yeah, you can tell that Robert England is having a great time.
0: Yeah, this is his favourite film in the series Mm.
1: and the time loop sequence
0: uh, of Alice and Dan trying to save... Debbie is often quoted by him as his favourite sequence in the whole series. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, he's having the blast. And it really makes it more enjoyable when you can tell.
1: Yeah, I'm assuming the check he received for his work on this film also Uh, led to him having a blast. You know, with top billing, Mm -hmm. um, they realise you're not replaceable. Yeah,
0: and and he should be top billing because Mm. you've got no Heather camp anymore. You know, Patricia Arquette's not back. And, you know, your two Dream Warrior side characters aren't going to be top billing. So it's got to be Robert Englund. The question I mean, is,
1: what are you going for? This yeah. film was going for, this is the Freddy Krueger show. This is what everybody is coming to see. Yeah. Freddy Krueger kill some dumb teenagers. Mm-hmm. So he would get top billing. Yeah. That wasn't true back in the day. You mm-hmm. know, you watch A Nightmare on Elm Street yeah. to see Heather Langenkamp overcome the horrible child molester and murderer. Yeah. That's it, what you see. It
0: is strange, though, isn't it, how many horror franchises always put their villains last when it comes to the credits. Mm. Uh, I've never understood why
1: that's a thing. But, yeah. Um, so, dude, we keep going back to this reference, but I suppose it's, it's the best one for, for a modern day perspective. Bonnie, did she get top billing in The Nun 2? No.
0: No. No, she didn't. No.
1: No, the big names got the top billing in The Nun 2. Storm Reid and Vera Famiga. Do you know, I think Bonnie's up there with them in Um, terms of familiarity now.
0: Do you know what? Probably not. No. Probably not. Um, Which is a damn shame because, you know, she's, you know... She has made that character of her own. Mm-hmm. Regardless of the quality of the film, she always shows up and does a great job. And I don't think it would have been as spooky uh, when she shows up as, it, you know, I don't think it would be that good if it was someone else.
1: Yeah, I think you get to that point where someone is not easily replaceable. Yeah, I think this is why she's making a stand
0: now as well, trying yes. to, you know, get the rights uh, for her likeness yes. and get some money for it. Uh, which is again, you know, very
1: well deserved. Yeah, because you get you get the type of characters like Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees. Where they're under a mask, and it's kind of they can be interchangeable. The people playing that role, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Whereas with a Nightmare on Elm Street and the Nun, mm. the actor is so synonymous with that. Yeah, it just doesn't work. Yeah. You know, and we've talked about the remake before Mm -hmm. on the podcast. Go back if you haven't listened to that episode. And Jackie Earl Haley Mm. could not do it. No. Could not do what Robert England did. No. So I think maybe part three, but especially Dream Master, it solidified that Robert England is Freddy Krueger. Absolutely. And the film lives or dies based on him. Yeah. The rest is interchangeable, as we find out. Yeah. Um. But Robert England cannot be changed. No. In, in that role. No.
0: Tuesday Night plays Kristen Parker. Yes, a character that was once played by Patricia Arquette. Interchangeable, as I said. Yeah. Uh, no one knows why she didn't come back. No. A few theories included her agent asking too much money for being pregnant, her being pregnant at the time, and her already committed to Far North. Uh, Arquette commented on the issue in 2017 and said, they asked me to come back for Arm Street 4, but at the time I was starting to break into kind of meteor roles. I had just done a movie of the week about teen pregnancy called High School and Pregnant, and I was really liking getting deeper with my work. I love the horror genre and the Freddy franchise, but I was chomping at the bit to try other things as an actor. Meteor roles, high school and pregnant. Hey.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, do they... So... I just feel like there's so many teen pregnancy TV movies there out there yeah. starring teen actresses that went on to really big things. Yeah. I'm thinking. Well, no, I suppose. Linda Kirsten, Dunst Kirsten Dunst Kirsten Dunst Oh no! I I I apologize. My camp film knowledge isn't quite what it used to be. Linda Blair played a teenage alcoholic. Oh, not of course she did. a teenage. Yeah. I mean, I do you know, apologize. Same thing. It's, it's treated like the same thing. <laughs> I think. I thought like, there's so many of these films, but no, she was an alcoholic. I do apologize.
0: But yes, Patricia Arquette is not back. Uh, Tuesday Night plays the role, and she is the star of The Fury of the Leisure Class, Mistress, 2000 Malibu Road, The X Files, Attack of the Radioactive Zombies, The Amateurville Moon. (laughs) Oh! The Fan, the one from 1996 with Wesley Snipes, and more, including she also provided uh, the soundtrack for this film with one song. Called Nightmare, which is an absolute banger, and she's recently been asking people on her Instagram to stream it for Halloween and get it up the charts.
1: Absolutely, I think it's yeah. I, I will tell you when I think about it when it comes. Up this the is yeah, yeah. No saying. Can I ask a question? Mm. Sorry, um, why is Tuesday Night credited as herself in Sex in the City Two? Is she? Um, when was she in Sex in the City Two? Why am I seeing this? I mean, to be fair, I am
0: trying to blank that film from my memory.
1: Yeah! Wow. Um, yeah, I don't know what to say about that one. I don't remember her being in it, but well, when we inevitably do it for the podcast, <laughs> we'll we'll pick her out. Yes.
0: Um, Brooke feasts, Yeah. Um, oh, no, actually, no. I'm I'm gonna say it. I, I, rumors are rumors, and I well, I wasn't sure what to say, this, but we're Horror Called Treasure of a podcast, and we love spilling the tea. <gasps> Other cast members in this film Suggest that her prominence Was the result of a relationship With director Rennie Harlan oh. Which led to the other cast members Receiving less attention from Harlan Something they both deny Okay
1: Little girl gossip
0: My I mean Patricia Arquette's put the rumours to bed now About you know All these different theories As to why she's been bad But
1: If she didn't That would have been top of my list <laughs> Oh who, what? Who was in a relationship with
0: Tuesday night? I oh, thought you're talking about Brooke Thieves. No, no. I'm about to get to her. I'm going back. I'm saying. Oh,
1: that. my apologies. I did, I did. I did wonder yeah. why uh, Debbie lasted longer than she probably needed to, but I see. Say... But we should have. No, I don't think so. I'd say she was more prominent because she's Kristen.
0: No, I mean her getting
1: the role. Oh, oh, okay, you're really <laughs> spilling the tea, okay But,
0: you know, don't sue me, it's just a theory Um, But Patricia Arquette spoke out, so it can't be true
1: No Brooke Feast plays... Wait, oh my god, okay This has taken a while to... <laughs> in my head, and this is all... Um, What's the word I'm looking for so we don't get sued? Um. Apparently Apparently. Allegedly. Allegedly. Thank you. Alleged. This is all alleged. So are you saying that the rumour is that Patricia Arquette did the role? No, no, no. That's my rumour. That's my rumour. Oh. I started it. Okay. And wow. it, I've ended
0: it as well because Patricia Arquette spoke out and said why she didn't return. Okay. But I'm okay. saying that apparently Tuesday night and Rennie Harlan were banging. Mm-hmm.
1: Allegedly. Beautiful young lady. Yeah. Not such a beautiful young man. Well, I mean, <laughs> everyone's got a type. Everyone's got a type. Oh, he's looks like a big, strong. She she was into metalheads. Yeah, metalhead. Yeah, really. That's what he looked like? Um, big bike. Oh Bi- yeah, big those like loads of people's types. Oh no, no. I I think no. I think you're wrong there.
0: Well, Brooke Feast
1: is yes. in this
0: as Debbie Stevens. Debbie Stevens. Now, if anyone remembers. No one remembers. Debbie Stevens was a contestant on The X Factor. Yes, here in the UK. Who. X Factor. Showed up, great attitude, confident girl, sang a bit of uh, When You Believe by. Uh, Mariah Carey,
1: what news From the soundtrack <laughs> to The uh, Prince of Egypt. Uh, did a great job. Um, Louis Walsh refused to call her
0: Debbie. Insisted on calling her Deborah. Yeah. Uh, told her she was shit, and she threw a glass of water over him. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So,
0: So whenever we uh, chuckle, or make Stevens. really obscure references that you don't get, it's
1: a Debbie Stevens reference. Debbie Stevens. I can't
0: believe I've watched this film a thousand fucking times, and I've never noticed
1: that Do her name really? is Debbie Stevens. Just YouTube Debbie Stevens X Factor, I'm sure. She was in Just the Ten of Us, Catwoman. Beverly Hills
0: 90210, Do Over, Quicksand, Clueless, a TV series, oh. Menendez, A Killing in Beverly Hills, The Golden Palace, and more. Ooh,
1: um, yeah, so just the 10 of us starred. Langenkamp. Camp. Yeah. I think there were sisters in mm-hmm. that. Yes.
0: Uh, Andres Jones plays Rick Johnson. He was in The Demolitionist. Voodoo, Horror in the Attic, Sorority Babes in The Slime Ballerama. Good morning, Ooh. Miss
1: Bliss. Do you know what that is? That is the... save by the Bell. Saved by the Bell one that came before. Yeah. 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 Every Breath. And... I'm
0: struggling with my words today. Every Breath and more, including the video game Night Trap.
1: Ooh. Oh, wow. That's cool. That is actually really yeah. cool. I've never played. Have you? Did you? Uh, no, I'd love to. Yeah.
0: No. Um, he later said he had some issues with the rest of the cast after shooting had completed and uh, hinted at a possible conflict with Renny Harlan. Oh,
1: probably made him have his hair like
0: that. Duh.
1: I'd be fuming too.
0: Nicholas Maley plays uh, Dennis Johnson. He is in I Am Sam, The Goodbye Girl, Mummy Dearest, Seinfeld, Sinatra Club, Jimmy Zip, The Last Days of Frankie the Fly, Fast Getaway 2 and more. Um.
1: Yeah. Who? What character in the film?
0: Uh, Alice and Rick's dad.
1: Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um. He was slated to die in this film, as he should. In a cut scene where Kruger forces his head through a fridge door. Uh. The scene was cut for time constraints, and he returns in the next film. Unfortunately. And finally, she has to get a mention. Not sure if we've ever done. Hey, Hey I Know You for her before Oh We may have done I feel like Silent Night, Deadly Night is before we started doing Hey I Know You Okay uh, Linnea Quigley plays a soul in Freddy's chest yes. She is in Return of the Living Dead Night of the Demons Coming later this month on the podcast Ooh. Silent Night, Deadly Night Graduation Day Tourist Trap Savage Streets Sorority Babes in Slime ball o creeperoids Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers And countless more Yeah Queen. Icon queen. She is just here to get her tits out and she fucking owns it. And yeah. I was slayed.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Somebody else in a similar vein mm. as Pin Up Girl, we have Hope Marie Carlton. Yes. And uh, she was in Ghoulies 3, mm-hmm. Slumber Party Massacre 3, yep. Hard Ticket to Hawaii, nice. former podcast film, Slaughterhouse Rock. Casso Trigger, Savage Beach, and uh, How I Got Into College, plus others. As much as you want to
0: forget about it, Slumber Party, Massacre 3 was also a previous podcast film. Oh,
1: and it was. Yes, it was.
0: That's, this that's, year.
1: That's a real shame.
0: Yeah. Um, did you say she was in Slaughterhouse? Rock. Rock. Slaughter the, House the film Rock. that absolutely, we turned off because it was just a scene for scene rip off of... A nightmare on
1: Elm Street. Oh yes it was yeah. Oh god we did turn it, was it fucking off, boring we?
0: as well. Somehow made it boring. Mm. Shall we talk about our future presentation?
1: Absolutely. How long has it been since you've been on Elm Street? Don't let them put you to
0: sleep. Welcome to a brand new nightmare. Now no one sleeps
1: knew you'd be back. A Nightmare on Elm Street, Part 4. The Master. How oh, sweet. Freshman. Rated R. <laughs> Starts Friday at theatres everywhere.
0: We get a title card saying, When deep sleep falleth on men, Fear came upon me, And trembling which made all my bones to shake. Job 4, 13-14. And as we see this, quote,
1: Nightmare by Tuesday Night play. We mentioned it previously, but Certified Bop. This Banger. Certified Banger, I'll have
0: you know. 10 out of 10. Could not be beaten. Original, nothing like it. Makes me
1: throw up, pass out. Whatever Lady Gaga says. I mean, it's top tier. Oh my God. It's definitely top tier. But don't you think a Banger's more energetic? This is energetic. No, it's like... I mean, it's not a ballad. I don't know what it is. It's... Would you pole dance to it or would you jump up and down to it? I would pole dance okay, to it. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, but is this about
0: heart if it came on, on a in the club? Street? If it if
1: it came on in the club, you'd slow dance. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh no, you would do like an interpretive, interpretive dance. <laughs> heights dance, wouldn't you? Could you imagine like, it on heart Drag Race? on a one way Could you imagine was a lip sync on Drag Race? I would kill it.
0: Oh my god. Yeah. This is so you know Renny Harlan wanted to make this. Film, the film that solidifies Freddy Krueger as James Bond. There is a poster of him in the gun barrel. Yes, um,
1: which is the poster I chose on
0: Letterboxd Love it.
1: Uh, oh, is that allowed now? Yeah, after they sued the bitch. Oh, did they really They sued the bitch? I could not yeah. find the trivia anywhere. Really, um, unless I'm misremembering the. It doesn't surprise me. Quad poster with that on. Is a really rare sought oh, after okay. poster because they fucking sued yeah, New Line that Cinema. Makes sense. Yes. Tuesday by uh Tuesday. Tuesday.
0: Tuesday. Tuesday I'm gonna say Tuesday by Tuesday <laughs> or um Nightmare by Tuesday night. Um that's also massively James Bond of the film. I suppose yeah. To have Its own theme song like that. I'm very surprised they didn't do uh, the whole, you know, musical sequence with the opening credits. I'm very surprised.
1: Totally James Bond. Yeah. Yeah. I love it.
0: It's the best James Bond theme that's not in a James Bond film. And this isn't long after uh, Friday the 13th, part six, as well, where we had the Jason uh, walking down the gun barrel for the intro. Yeah. You know, this is, yeah. Weird pop quarter crossover. I'm surprised they didn't but, get sued. Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, in 1988, a year after the events of the previous film, Kristen, Kincaid and Joey have been released from Western Hills and are back to their lives as normal teenagers with their families. Mm, However, wow, nice. Kristen believes Freddy Krueger will come back mm. because the Lasso made a shit ton of money. <laughs> yeah. Kristen dreams of a little girl drawing Nancy's house with Freddy in it before she ends up back at the house. She goes inside with the one-hit wonders, the Jump Rope girls performing their one song. And when she... Uh, it is their only song. Yeah, it's a little remix this time. That's true. They've got a boy in this time in the group as well. Have they? Yeah, been inclusive. Like Boney M. Yeah. Like, if you want to come and perform Creepy Nursery," I'm just going to take your brother. Um, <laughs> uh, She starts dreaming that she's in Freddie's old boiler room, so she summons Joey and Kincaid... For a Dream Warriors reunion in the boiler room, oh. except Rodney Eastman and Ken Saigos, uh, who plays Kincaid at uh, Joey and Kincaid, uh, didn't feel
1: the heartfelt
0: reunion, um because she replaced British Tuesday night,
1: it must be difficult to. Well, no, I mean it's, it's called, strange. Stuff. It's called acting, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I mean when you watch them, <laughs> when you watch them back to back, it's a little uh, you can tell. Considering it's a year in between, yeah. and this is no disservice to Tuesday Night, who I think does a good job, yeah. but Kristen feels a lot older. She does. I feel like Tuesday Night looks older than Patricia Arquette did. She definitely considering does. it's one yeah. year. I don't know what the age Joey difference is. Joey and Kincaid the exact same. Well, they do. You know, um, with slightly different how Style yeah, for uh joey although i'm not actually thinking that different yeah it was a little different yeah it's a little different doesn't like the mullet i just feel like tuesday night comes across as older an older yeah. energy than patricia it, arquette has. it
0: is hard to believe that it's the same character yeah
1: absolutely really hard to believe it's the same
0: character um to reassure christine that kruger is dead Kincaid and Joey take her to uh, Kruger's boiler room in the dream and show her that the boiler is cold. Kincaid's dog, Jason, get it? Jason. Jason. Is brought into the dream and bites Kristen's arm. The mark is there when she wakes up. And as we transition to the next scene, we're given back to the wall by Divinals. Um, This soundtrack oh. is honestly one of my favourite soundtracks mm-hmm. ever. Like just and i again this is definitely the one i've seen the most um i watched this film to death growing up and i played the soundtrack to death as well like every song on this soundtrack is just it goes off it's it was actually nominated for a Razzie for uh, Therapist by Vigil. And it, the song is really not that bad. No. And it's such a random song to choose from the soundtrack. I don't yeah. never even appears in the film itself. It was just on the soundtrack I album. I didn't think... I
1: was waiting for it. I, You know... It's not prominent. There are a few songs that are more prominent. There's one in particular that's way more prominent. Yeah. Um... This
0: brings all of the music that you get in Nightmare and Outstreet Films together, I feel, the soundtrack. Because you've got a bit of rock in there, you've got pop music, you got rap. I feel like it's just, yeah, it's like a compilation of everything you've heard elsewhere in the franchise before and after this.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's like you said, it's MTV horror. Yeah. These are the songs that would be playing on MTV. Yeah. These are teenagers. You know, it's the John Hughes influence mm-hmm. of it. This is a teen film with Freddy Krueger it's not and they all have featured teenagers but this for me is the one that really feels like they're emphasising that these are cool high schoolers with their problems Mm -hmm. you know Alice and um, what's his name Rick's father is straight out of a uh, John Hughes film Uh Straight out of a John Hughes yeah. film, but also incorporating the themes of the Nightmare Elm Street series. But he's so sort of, um, what's the one with the dad? Was they parodied it in uh, not another teen movie, where he's just oh no, is it? She's all that. It may yeah, well, no, she's all that. It. No, I think I think there is a, a Molly Ringwald film. Uh, if I'm misremembering where the dad is just made out to be, like, a real bum. And yeah. Just, like, awful.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, we we'll are introduced as characters shortly. Uh, but first, Kristen drives to meet up with her boyfriend, martial arts enthusiast Rick Johnson, and his showing-quiet sister Alice. And that is then when we are introduced to their alcoholic father, Dennis, who greets them and uh, asks Alice if she's really going out dressed like that
1: which she's just... not wrapped up she's actually really dowdy to be fair <laughs> what can i just go back ever so slightly something that did make me chuckle could you imagine watching this film not knowing that uh, Kristen had been recast like it wasn't patricia arquette anymore And mm-hmm. watching the beginning and seeing this girl I'm like oh who's this and then the <laughs> randomly she has to say be calm Kristen." <laughs> Just to remind us. Of, like, oh, okay, that's who you meant to be. Okay, we get it. Um, but yeah, no. Um, Alice is looking very dowdy. Yeah. So I don't know why she's, she's a daydreamer. Being asked. She and is.
0: Her and Kristen both have something in common. They're both tall, like Lisa Barlow. They do. It's it's very strange. Uh, it's a strange directing choice. Strange acting choice. Uh, but you know, adds to the camp value. When they get to school, they're made up of Sheila, an asthmatic genius, and Debbie Stevens, uh, an ambitious singer, an ambitious pub singer, uh, athletic girl, who dislikes Bugs and watches too much Dynasty. Dislikes Louis Walsh. Yeah, she <laughs> um, Yeah. so Sheila. Uh, the actress who plays Sheila was asked by Bob Shea to dub her lines uh, so she sounds a little
1: more black. That wasn't... No, not... Oh, Rennie Harlan. Rennie Harlan. But I feel like Bob Shay backed up the decision. I, I don't... I'm not one to defend Bob Shay too much. But I'm assuming he was part of the conversation uh, yeah. in some way. Yeah. But it was apparently Harlan. apparently he...
0: But it was Bob Shay who went up to her at the premiere and said, No, you're, you're right. It works.
1: Yeah. So like, what? Harlan.
0: Her actual fucking voice
1: Toy, works? Toy oh, Newkirk. Which wasn't in much house, which is no. why... No. We didn't include her. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. She, does, but a she does, does a really good job in this. Yeah.
0: Um. And the fact that she was asked to do that is fucking
1: ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Um number one, what does that even mean?
0: Oh no, yeah.
1: You know, she is a black woman yeah. and she's talking. Yeah. So yeah, what does it mean that she yeah. doesn't sound black enough? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the eighties. Um oh, well. okay, let's not get into it. <laughs> I'm not not sure if the 80s is sufficient, to be
0: fair. Um, Dan Johnson arrives at school, Alice's crush, and uh, Debbie Stevens is like, we are dealing with one major league hunk. Now, throughout the films, Alice has these scenes where she's daydreaming. Mm. And again, it adds to the camp value. He walks up to her, she's like, you know, you are one major league hunk.
1: And then they're like, Earth to Alice, and <laughs> she gets out of it was like, oh my god, yes, bitch. I think it's interesting to have the daydreams. Mm. I kind of wished it might have been a bit yeah, um, weird or not make too much sense or not be difficult to pull off. Um, but I kind of wished Freddy would have invaded her daydreams I feel like as there is a well. scene where it happens
0: there is. Is there? I, I really feel like um, there's a scene where that happens. And if I'm wrong, then I apologise, but I'm
1: certain we're going to come back to this. I feel like if it did happen... They didn't make it obvious. They didn't make it no. obvious that he was invaded, because she's a daydreamer. Yeah. Um, If he'd invaded her daydreams, I think that would have been a really interesting... Mm-hmm. Side of it, yeah. I think it could have really worked, yeah. Um, but yeah, if if they do, then forgive me, but I didn't, I didn't notice. One of the uh, obnoxious... maybe I was daydreaming at the time.
0: <laughs> maybe uh, one of the um, obnoxious kids at school goes to Sheila when she's uh, taking her inhaler. Hey, babe, you're sucking on the wrong nozzle. And uh, Debbie Stevens says, "Hey, you needle dick. I bet you're the only male in this school suffering from penis envy." And this always took me, because as, as I was younger and I was getting into terms of horror stereotypes and everything, it's always surprised me. Because when you first see Debbie Stevens, you're like, okay, she's going to be the bitch of the film. She's dressed like a punk. She's got big hair. She's going to be, you know, the bitchy one. No? No, she is actually really, really likeable.
1: Well, what? So, spoiler alert, Alice gets when her friends die, she receives some sort of power. I have the
0: answer for this.
1: Now, hers is <laughs> anger. That's, yeah, but you what you're going to ask on it yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> so when <laughs> Debbie Stevens dies, much later in the film, much later than anticipated, if I'm being honest, but when she dies much later in the film, Alice receives her anger. Um, like, it's a special power. So I don't know how she's meant to come across. I mean, she's defending a friend mm-hmm. and Sheila, you know, thanks her for it and she owes her one. Yeah, But also the idea is that she's going around being aggressive all the time. <laughs> I mean, she's highly strung, but people are dropping like flies around her. And it's because she loves Dynasty as well. She, she loves Dynasty. Her, it's causing her anger issues. Do you know who she reminds me of? And this is a reference you may uh, not get. Who? Um, Tori from Saved by the Bell. Okay. So in the final season of Saved by the Bell, uh, Elizabeth Berkeley and um, Tiffany Amber Theerson weren't available for some extra episodes that they'd been asked to film. So this completely random character, Tori, who always wore a leather jacket and had big curly hair... (laughs) Um, she just joined the school and then pissed off after like uh. five or six episodes. <laughs> and this is she's giving Tory. She's giving Tory. When we get to those episodes in our uh, Saturday morning viewing, yeah, um, you, you'll understand what I mean. Definitely. I not like this is such a a you know perfect portrait of what people thought teenagers were like in the 80s and, oh absolutely
0: you know it's uh, the aftermath of punk but um the big hair of the 80s and yeah it's just like
1: it's just it's the yeah. breakfast club isn't it it's is the breakfast club. It's, yeah. yeah jock yeah the misfit the gorgeous gorgeous girly girl the yeah geek the this that and the other,
0: but much like, um, much like Dream Warriors, there's no film where all the teens get along.
1: Mm. Which I think you know makes it more effective
0: when they die. So I think it's a good choice. Uh, Kincaid and Joey confront Kristen at school about the dream. Uh, well, I mean, they're not getting along so well with uh, with Kristen. Um, but I don't think that's the character so much. They tell her that their days of fighting in dreams are over, and if she continues, they might ac- she might accidentally bring Kruger back. And uh, Rick shows up and he's like, hey, lighten up. No one died. It is.
1: It's It's a weird... I, I, having Kincaid and Joey back confuses it, I feel. Mm. Because Joey and Kincaid and Kristen, we were really on their side in Dream Warriors and they survived. But in this film, they don't feel like they're friends anymore. No. They have no scenes, because obviously we're establishing new characters, Mm -hmm. because, spoiler alert, Joey and Kincaid are the first to go. Yeah. Because we have to build up these new characters, Joey and Kincaid get nothing. Yeah. So it just completely feels like that connection Kincaid, Joey and Kristen had that had been built. ...for a whole film... Mm -hmm. ...the year previous... ...goes completely out the window. Yeah. So we don't really care about Joey and Kincaid... ...because they don't feel like... ...part of the film anymore. They don't feel part of the season. And I'm glad they got their payday. Yeah. But, you know... ...spoiler alert... they are quickly gotten rid of. Yeah. Something else really
0: strange... ...is this scene where... ...they're walking through school... ...and... ...for some reason... ...Freddy's claw marks... ...are in a school locker... I've never understood why this is there.
1: Because it looks good. It looks good. It, looks it makes really great for the cool. It looks
0: really good in the trailer. Yeah. But
1: it's, it's like, yeah. why why is it there? Makes absolutely no sense in terms of the film, but yeah.
0: One of the film's best songs, Anything Anything by Drama Rama, plays whilst Rick practices his martial arts and Alice does the dishes. <laughs> um
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure why this song. I don't know what to say. I don't know why this song, but I'm glad it's not. No, there. it's a great song. Poor Alice. Um, She serves her father up some dinner, doesn't she? She does. So she's done the washing up. But what she serves, her, the father's late for dinner, but then tells them that he did a 10 hour shift. So he's only a couple of hours late, mm-hmm. but apparently they just could not wait for him to get back yeah. to have dinner. What she serves up, looks like lettuce and cheese and purely just a bowl of lettuce and (laughs) cheese and i won't defend him at any other time of the film but her father is clearly quite upset at this (laughs) shit meal that she's just served up Uh uh-huh and i kind of understand where he's coming from because it looks awful
0: yeah it doesn't look great. it
1: looks it's lettuce and cheese like really cheap orange cheese and if it's something else, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But that's what it looks like. My other question is, why is she doing so much washing up for a bit of lettuce and cheese? <laughs> There's a lot of washing up there. Yeah. <laughs> for a little bowl of sunshine. <laughs> um, <laughs> if, if anybody out there knows what Alice surfed up to her father, please let me know. Yeah, But I'm kind of on his side for this one.
0: Yeah, um he is fuming. Fuming. F- he's fuming about it. Um and uh she has a daydream mm. and uh he's like, Oh, you should think more about these things and he- she's like, Yeah, I can think. I can think of how sick I am of watching you drink your life away and taking it out on me. Yes. And obviously it's a bit of a, you know, girl boss moment, I'm like, yes. But it's a daydream and yeah, she doesn't she doesn't tell him about himself.
1: I like these moments because it really helps establish Alice as a character. Yeah, it does. Um, to the detriment of other characters, mm-hmm. Kristen, Joey, and Kincaid, but I I like these moments yeah. of her daydreaming. I think it works really well for her character. That night, Kristen
0: stays awake to keep herself from dreaming, but Kincaid falls asleep. He awakens in a junkyard where Freddy has been accidentally resurrected when, and if you haven't seen this film, I shit you not, a dog pisses fire on his bones. During the writing of the film, Harlan and some of the producers by chance happened to bump into James Cameron. And James Cameron asked Harlan how he was going to bring Freddy back to life with this one. And he replies, uh, a dog pisses fire on him and he comes back to life. And the idea actually is in the film. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Robert Englund has tried explaining it. it's metaphorical. The hounds of hell. But, uh, the dog urinating fire onto Freddy's remains is meant to symbolise a hellhound, and how and how evil Freddy truly is. No, Robert Englund. No, I'm sorry. that's not the case. It's okay. You don't have to explain <laughs> it. Yeah. But he's back. Um, it looks in something so stupid managed to look so incredible thanks to the amazing screaming mad George. Special effects. It, was that Screaming at George? Yeah. I, well, he's worked on this film. I Screaming
1: at George only did the... Oh, did he only Debbie did the Oh, okay. Yeah. Fair
0: enough. Uh, but whoever worked on this film, they did a fantastic job. And Freddy assembling himself back together. Looks so good. He comes out of the pit and he's like, uh, you shouldn't have buried me. I'm not dead. Yeah. <laughs> Kincaid fights him. But Freddy overpowers him. And kills him by stabbing him in the chest with his glove. Kincaid says, I'll see you in hell. And Freddy says, tell him Freddy sent you.
1: One down, two to go. (laughs) Um, We always have a moment where it's like, Kristen, Freddy's back. Yeah. (laughs) And then it zooms out. And you see all these cars in this junkyard. And it looks like the whole world is covered in um, these junkyard car yeah it looks great and one thing that this film does really well is the visuals absolutely the visuals are great the ideas are really out there yeah but they're really well done yeah the you know like gary said the um special effects i think it, uh, martin becker uh did some of the special effects and then the art directors and, and such they do a phenomenal job because yeah. there are moments in this film that look so good. Mm-hmm. It might not always make sense. No. But it's very visually stimulating. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean I said it in the last episode and I'll say it again. This is a franchise where the killer kills people in their dreams, make the most of it, make it silly, make it stupid, make it over the top, and this film does exactly that. Mm-hmm. Um, Kincaid's death was actually going to be more bloodier than the final cut with Freddie's uh, gloves going straight through his back. But this was cut for the MPAA, which I believe may have been the only cut in the film, which is oh. shocking, considering this is the same film as Friday's podcast episode, Friday the 13th, The New Blood, where it is the most butchered film in the Friday the 13th franchise.
1: Amazing what you can get away with with a bit of comedy. Yes. Yeah, and I think ultimately that's what makes it can laugh at incredible violence. Yeah. But lord forbid we're scared by incredible violence. Yeah. Now this
0: one is rated 15 in the UK. Oh. So it, this is um one of the
1: less. Was... I feel like it wouldn't have been at the time.
0: Well this is I'm talking about from when I had DVD box in the 2000s. Oh, okay. So oh, wow. um yeah. But it also has one of the grossest effects in the film later on so yes. yeah it's quite quite shocking um Joey falls asleep in his room whilst watching MTV of course and sees a model from one of his posters who you mentioned earlier yes uh swimming, Cover girl. yeah swimming in his waterbed Ooh. whilst fatal charm by Billy Idol plays
1: um another fantastic visual yeah of the swimming in the waterbed looks. Phenomenal. I really think it looks so cool.
0: Yeah. Again, it's that cool MTV horror sort of style.
1: Oh, this do you know this could have been a dream in a John Hughes film. Or, yeah. you know, it, it could have been um what's his name? John Cusack. Yeah. Imagining the the girl off the poster. Mm-hmm. I I feel actually, I feel, is there a scene in Fast Times at Bridgemont High? Where uh um, ah, yeah, of course, of course. Sean Penn's character is having a daydream mm. about a poster and there's two girls yeah. next to him. It's straight out of that kind of teen comedy. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um,
0: yeah, Freddie appears and pulls Joey into the waterbed and kills him after saying, How's this for a wet dream? <laughs> Something that is said again in the remake to much less effects with a lot less personality. Yeah. Uh Rodney Eastman and Ken Sagos uh, wanted longer parts in the film and were so shocked that they were in such reduced parts. This, for me, was a big shock. It yes. was kind of like, wow, okay, the Dream Warriors are almost all gone. Yeah. And then, spoiler alert, it's not long until they are all gone.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I never really fully understand why they do this in mm. horror films. Because... You have three established characters there yeah, that you can have in the film, and you don't have to develop as much yeah. as the others because you already have them developed in the other film. The audience is on their side, so yeah. you, you don't have to do all of the work. Now, Kill Off, one of them... To show, you know, Mm -hmm. the the audience that anything can happen in this sequel. But not all three. Yeah. uh, All three straight away. And then it's like, oh, well, that time could have been used Mm. to establish Debbie Stevens. Yeah. Or establish, you know, Alice a little more. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, those characters. That time could have been spent on them. Yes, really cool death scenes. But it, it in terms of what makes a horror film really work in terms of creating fear, mm-hmm. which ultimately that's why people, a lot of people watch horror films. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, and it's a little disappointing. I think they're going for the Janet Lee effect. Yes, I suppose. Yeah, you know,
0: you start a film with the Dream Warriors. You think they're going to be your main characters
1: after the last one, you know. Yeah, after they took down Freddy, which can be effective. Yeah, but only if it's it 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 would have been more effective if it was just one of them. Yeah, I'm thinking and spoil switch off now if you've not watched Scream Two. I'm thinking Randy in screen yeah, two. Yeah. Because you already have one character. He's well established in the first mm-hmm. film, survives. Killing him off is that Janet Lee effect. Yeah. Oh my god, anything could happen. Mm-hmm. But we still care about the other characters. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely.
0: Rick and Alice have a conversation about she needs start standing up for herself more uh, to their father. So he tries teaching her martial arts with a loud noise. Would you like to do the noise, sigh. <laughs> yes, that's the noise, and uh, she
1: tries it, and she kicks off her shoe. Can't you do it, sigh? sigh. <laughs> Yours is better than mine. She kicks <laughs> off her shoe,
0: and it lands in her fish tank, to which Rick says, "Switch killed a fish."
1: Why is this scene in the film? Because it's camp. The swish killed a fish is funny. And everyone wanted to learn martial arts after the Cry Kid came out. Of so... course. Of course. Oh my god, of course, Cry Kid. I forgot to say.
0: <laughs> Another MTV movie. Absolutely. And Joey's mum finds his corpse inside his waterbed whilst complaining about him watching that trashy MTV.
1: Yeah, I... she was given... um. Well, What's Adrian Barbeau? I don't know why she was given it. <laughs> Or, like, the mother from Gremlins. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, get, I, I yeah, get that, yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, the next day in school, Alice uh, and Kristen meet up, and uh, Kristen's like, we have matching luggage again.
1: <laughs> that actually sounded like Lisa Barlow.
0: And uh, Alice tells Kristen all about the Dream Master, a nursery rhyme that her mum taught her to protect her dreams.
1: Yeah, um... <sighs> Alice needs some sh- dry shampoo pronto. She, so. she even more so. She's meant to be dowdy. I get it. I meant she's meant to be introverted, dowdy. Doesn't mean she can't wash her hair. It's true. And in this scene, it's very greasy. It is. <laughs> he, it needs, is. he needs some fucking Bless dry it. shampoo. And do you know what? I don't know who's deaf. Does it? But she finds it because by she the does. end of the film, her hair is looking a lot healthier. <laughs> Well, I don't. I'm assuming it's. I'm assuming it's Kristen's actually, because Tuesday night has some great hair. In she, this does, film. she does. She does. <laughs> <At, laughs>
0: when they go into class, Kristen learns that Kincaid and Joey uh, are missing, and later she finds out they're dead. She runs back into a wall and knocks us out for help. She does. And then we get Robert England in full drag as a nurse, giving
1: Dustin Hoffman in Tootsie.
0: Yeah. Uh he tends to he tends to uh Kristen in the nurse's room before turning into his usual self and says, I wanna draw some blood He probably does. Uh nurse Robert England, high camp. He's
1: very camp.
0: You know, you're gonna hear say it a lot throughout this episode, but it's just like every time you think this film can't get more camp, it proves you wrong.
1: And again, you can tell Robert England is having the time of his life. Yeah. <laughs> He's loving it.
0: Um underrated song on the soundtrack, Pride and Joy by Joe Lamont mm. starts playing in Crave in Diner. <gasps> like done, Craven. Man. Like Craven. Craven. Uh Dan speaks to Alice and Debbie then serves Dan, yes yeah, she does, and tells Sheila she needs to get more dick. To which Sheila says, Deb, later in life you're going to appreciate my motto, mind
1: over matter
0: don't know how that works in this situation but because she's
1: intelligent well she is brains over brawn you
0: well you can have brains and get some dick
1: work smarter not harder yeah uh also she needed to
0: have a catchphrase so that uh, alice can say a little later on yes <laughs> yeah yeah
1: um can we talk about alice having to work at the crave inn yeah because where the fuck does rick work I know. Yeah, he didn't do anything. He didn't do. He's doing. Karate- practicing martial he's practicing arts. martial arts. Alice is cooking dinner. She's being berated for her shit cheese salad. Uh huh. And she's having to pull a shift at the Crave Inn. Yeah. The fuck is he doing? No wonder she's, uh, you know, ain't got the time to wash her hair. No. She's working fucking hard for those two, and then Rick's got the cheek to, uh, you know. Hate the dad as much as Alice Yeah Oh Alice it'll be alright No it won't Because you're a lazy prick as well Yeah Single daughter who works two
0: Jobs (laughs) Alice tells Rick, Alice and Dan About Freddy And vows to avenge Kincaid and Joey So they go to Nancy's old house uh, And uh... Which they call Freddy's Freddy's house house. Yeah Um, Which begs the question did Nan- did uh, Donald and Marge Thompson burn Freddy alive, kill him, and then move into his house? i so, that's very cheeky.
1: No, I think Rennie Harlan didn't watch the first three <laughs> films thoroughly <fairly> enough. Um, <laughs> when I they... feel like this is an on-set, just say whatever, yeah. sort of situation. Oh, we, w- we want to get it at the old house that probably wasn't even in the <laughs> screenplay. I don't know yeah. Why wasn't it um, Jesse's house? Jesse's house. <laughs> because the moment that claw went through that girl in uh, Freddy's Revenge, Freddy's Revenge was completely forgotten about. Yes. I said, nope. Um, Kristen says, it's not just a house,
0: it's his home. <laughs> uh, Kristen's mother shows up. That icon, she's back with a fuck-ass bob and her iconic catchphrase. She's like, Kristen, get away from that house. Anderle, (laughs) anderle. She was literally just brought back so she could say that. She was. She
1: was. And show off her new hair because her hair looks really good.
0: Not a fuck-ass bob?
1: No, I like it.
0: Okay.
1: The 80s were a different time. That's true. Can't judge everything by today's standards. (laughs)
0: Kristen realises that her mother, when they go home, has put sleeping pills in her dinner, Bitch. but falls asleep as she tries to run out of the dining room. And she says, it's his fucking banquet and I'm the last course." And uh, her mum's <laughs> like, Kristen, we went over this, a therapist. like, no, mother, you just murdered me. Take that to your goddamn therapy. You'll hurt. You fucked the whole of New York. You're fucking
1: <laughs> garbage whore, garbage trash whore. She spiked my Vida tequila. I'm the queen of Sundance <laughs> Film Festival. Um, yeah, I did think it was interesting when Kristen says, uh, sorry, sorry, <laughs> I don't know what, what accent I'm giving. Her. <laughs> uh, sorry. So excuse me. Say so sorry. I'm sorry. No, that's not on. Um, she says. Um, she says that. <laughs> I don't know what accent I'm going for. She says that her mother. <laughs> So, sorry that you and your tennis pals Torched this guy and now he's after me <laughs> In case you haven't been keeping score It's his fucking banquet I did like can, that Can you
0: imagine Kristen's mother And uh, Ronnie
1: Blakely playing tennis together Yes, that's what right. I That's what I like, the idea of... <laughs> Ronnie Blakely Brooke Bundy playing a round of tennis And play Going to torture someone <laughs> <laughs> but again, this is the theme of A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. This is all the films. Like her daughter the, literally went through all what all she went through. She Warriors. doesn't believe her anymore. Still doesn't believe her. After everything that happened. Yeah, She's not there. She's not an active participant in Kristen's life. Even after everything that happened. She thinks she knows best. She thought she knew best back when they torched Freddy Krueger. And see how that's worked out. Yeah, you know it's Alice and Rick's father not being there. Him being so dependent mm-hmm. on Alice and Rick, the mother that has died. Which spoiler alert, ultimately her little Dreammaster Ditty helps save the day. Yeah. Um, but it, it's about absent parents. Yeah. that's what a Nightmare on Elm Street is about, and it it's also why these kind of films are very eighties because it's a huge film in teen. It's a huge theme in teen films throughout the eighties. Yeah. You don't see any, but in stuff like breakfast club, fast Mm. times at Ridgemont high, all these things that are going on Mm -hmm. without any adult supervision whatsoever. The adults are very much sidelined. Yeah. And in terms of, slasher films and particularly not around elm street the consequences of these adults being sidelined mm-hmm. sidelining themselves leads to the teenagers deaths yeah
0: yeah and i suppose having that sort of you know relatability to younger audiences also helps sell up merchandise as
1: well absolutely <laughs>
0: but it, you know but no it's a very interesting theme and it's interesting to see it taken from comedies uh, and dramas in the 80s and put into a horror film because horror it has such a great way of dealing with uh, allegories and metaphors and so yeah. on and this is no exception you know it deals with it really well all of these films do
1: yeah it's it's the decade of dare yeah you know, you know drug culture the decade of the AIDS pandemic really starting. Yeah. It's the decade of it's 10 o'clock. Do you know where your mm. children are? Mm. Um, and it perfectly encapsulates that. Yeah. I, I feel. And it's why A Nightmare on Elm Street is my favorite franchise. Yeah. Because I think there are so many layers to it. And yeah. A really interesting look. At the eighties, yeah,
0: and it's also a
1: reason why the remake didn't quite work. Yeah, all the kids were already depressed in the remake as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, help. should I say it's another reason why yeah. the remake didn't quite? Yeah. There are many reasons why that. But film also, didn't
0: work. you know, despite all those themes and everything, this is still a franchise you can just watch and have fun with as well. Yeah, you know,
1: yeah. Um, Kristen starts to dream, and she asks
0: Alice to help her. So she ends up on a beach. Where Freddy's glove appears like a shark from the water and onto the sand, which makes the sandcastle explode and he appears in its place. Now, Freddy puts on a pair of sunglasses. Yes. Originally, in its theatrical print, uh, a bit of Hawaii Five-O's theme oh, played over this. Good gracious. <laughs> it's no longer on in, in the film, unfortunately. I mean, I'd love to see that. Mm. Um, but this is like peak... Comedy Freddy Krueger. Comedian mm-hmm. Freddy Krueger at his best.
1: This is really the lasting image of Freddy Krueger from this film. Yeah. I This was the one that it I, sums I it knew. Up.
0: It really sums it up where they went with him. Yeah. You
1: know? I'm pretty sure that I'm aging myself a lot here. When I used to religiously read online. How would you visit? I suppose you would say. The Arrow in the Head website. Yeah. And this was the image that I always remembered from the Dream Master review. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't seen it. But I was like, oh, why is he out in the day like that with sunglasses yeah. uh-huh. on? I'm like, What's that about? Yeah.
0: Um, I think what I used to have, which had this image on, was the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street trading cards from around this era. Wow. Which you used to get on Swag books. No, was yeah. swag books. Uh, it was a search engine, and the more you searched on there, you got points for it, and they send you like, bits of memorabilia and <gasps> stuff. And yeah, no, I don't think it's a thing anymore. It so is. what did you search? I just searched search random shit to get points. And I would, yeah, have these Nightmare on Elm Street trading cards. It's... But you could search anything? like Yeah, no, it doesn't. It just it's like Google. You just search anything at all oh, and you get Oh, but as long as you used web yeah. books to do uh-huh. it. Oh, okay. Um, Freddie puts these sunglasses on And he overcomes Kristen's attempt To repel him and forces her back to His home Um, Since Kristen is the last Of the Alm Street children still alive Freddie goads Kristen into Summoning one of her friends Into the dream so that his Fun can begin anew oh. And he says to Kristen Almstreet's last brat farewell And he says why don't you reach out And touch
1: someone MTV Yes you reach- Yes Yes I just feel like <laughs> That should have been said in a May West Oh why don't you reach out and touch someone Oh, um,
0: She calls Alice into her dream Alice And uh, he says How sweet fresh meat Another iconic line And Freddie fucking just tosses Kristen into his boiler Throws her in <laughs> Before she dies, Kristen gives Alice her dream power. Alice wakes up with a postcard of Kristen and Alice that says, greetings from Hal. And I remember when I first watched this, I thought this was the funniest fucking thing I'd ever seen. It is. I, it took, I, I laughed at this for far too long yeah. when I first watched
1: it. It's just so ridiculous. It is. Um, it's probably the death that I have the biggest issue with in the film. It's Kristen's. Yeah. Because Kristen in Dream Warrior Mm -hmm. was a fighter. Yeah. She had her dream power. Mm -hmm. She, you know, was a strong character. And I just don't feel she was as strong in this film. No. Um, She comes across more Uh world-weary rather than, you know, fierce and... Strong gymnastics yeah. in her dreams. Yeah, where's the flips and tricks? Where are those? You know, it's only been a year. It, mm. I just feel like the character feels so different. Yeah. And then it's just like, she's killed. Like, yeah, okay.
0: Yeah. Um, when Alice wakes up, she senses that something's wrong and takes Rick to Kristen's house. And when they arrive, they see that Kristen's bedroom is on fire with her in it. Uh, we see that Kristen is buried in front of the Thompsons. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> uh, it wasn't Kincaid in there, buried yeah. there as well. <laughs> do, you know, do you know who wasn't buried there? Marge. Marge Thompson. Yeah. Fuck Ronnie Blakely's drag. Yeah. Why wasn't she, Why wouldn't she be buried? She was or the first was one to off go. Screen. It might be slightly off screen. Oh, maybe. But Kristen fucking stole her thunder anyway, it's dying shame. in the same way, uh-huh. burning in bed. Yeah. And then she doesn't even get a her grave on yeah they probably just replaced
0: her grave with uh, Kristen's like we can't have two people who died burning in bed here so
1: maybe Marge survived Uh, she went into hiding wow and we're gonna get a recall soon I'm hoping that's what we're gonna do with Nancy more than anything else Um, oh god no uh, Rick and Alice watch her go into hiding yeah uh, I mean, what does it matter?
0: attacks you in your dreams. And her mother doesn't know where she's been. All that time. Wow, (laughs) let's...
1: Let's not go there.
0: Rick and Alice uh, watch home videos of them, Kristen and their friends as well. And... uh, Oh, this is absolutely giving Laura
1: Palmer... It is. Twin Peaks. it looks just like it. It really does. Uh Uh-huh.
0: Alice tries talking to Rick about Freddie, but he doesn't want to hear any of it. So she goes to school... And uh, she bumps into Sheila in the school bathroom And she's like, we have matching luggage (laughs)
1: luggage. And uh, she starts Staying up all night drinking Vida tequila
0: (laughs) She starts acting so much like Kristen To the point she starts smoking and stops. And she's like, I don't smoke (laughs) I
1: don't smoke
0: (laughs) And we go to the classroom And what does the teacher say? What does Bob Shay say? Not Bob Shay. Oh, is this not this Bob is Shea? It's a different class. It's an exam. And the teacher says, you got 40 minutes, so good luck and oh, go for yeah. it.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I'm getting my teachers confused. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You've got 40 minutes, so go for it. Good, good luck work. and go for it. That's how it works. That is how it works. Do you know what? I, I, I said it at the time and I stick by it. I'm going to get that tattooed on me. Alice falls asleep <laughs> Alice uh, falls asleep during class and inadvertently brings Sheila into her dream. Now, the assumption is that Sheila has also fallen asleep yeah. during class. Because this is where I get a little confused. Mm-hmm. Is the idea is, does she bring anyone into her dream or do they both have to be asleep?
0: It is strange, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know how that works.
1: Because I don't feel like Sheila as a character would have fallen asleep during a big exam.
0: But when Freddy Krueger's around, teens do start falling asleep a lot easier. Yes. So. It's a... And also, we did already have the bit of dialogue about their matching luggage, so she was already tired from oh, being she... up all night to rehearse for the exam.
1: To, yeah, yeah. to yeah. revise before the exam. But that yeah. also makes me think that she definitely wouldn't have fallen asleep. Yeah, during a very important exam. Well, she does, scene. and it leads to an iconic scene. Yes,
0: um, Sheila is locked into her desk. A robot hand grabs her face for some reason. Yeah, Robot Freddy. And Freddy appears in the classroom. He cuts an apple with his glove, and walks over to Sheila. He says, "Want to suck face?" And she's like, "No." Uh, he forces a kiss on her and sucks the life out of her, literally, killing her and making it look like an asthma attack. It's iconic. It is. He literally sucks the life out of her.
1: Yeah. And the effect, again, really, yeah. really good with her skin. Well, basically just skin, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it looks great. Yeah? Yeah. I don't... Yeah. It is. And she's gone too soon. So is this... Is her Because it becomes the thing where people's deaths are linked to their behaviour. Mm. Um, so do you think that this is because she put school over relationships?
0: I think it's more to do with her asthma. Because he
1: okay. uses his
0: lungs to suck the life out of her. Yeah, hasn't. I was
1: just thinking the kiss. Want to mm. suck face. Yeah. The idea is that um, she's not like other teenage yeah. girls... She doesn't think about boys. She thinks about school. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Could be that as well. <laughs> Could be. Uh, Rick starts to believe Alice. Lena's and them
0: both doing a melodramatic it run. It's
1: about fucking time.
0: Lena and them both doing a melodramatic Stop. run in the school hallway. Oh my god. It's that... like scary movie shit, when uh, a shit Anna Faris does the run down the hallway. <laughs> yeah. It looks exactly like that. And then, when, after Alice has done that, Rick's run is even weirder. It is
1: weird. It's so weird. He looks like he's about to take off like a fucking airplane. It does. And he's got one of those he's got that um Oh god, I, I think it's John Cusack again, that big coat. Christian Slater. Oh in Heathers. Christian Slater in Heavens, yeah. yes.
0: Yeah. Oh he in this film he is trying his best. Same year I think he was trying his best to be Christian Slater in Heavens.
1: I his feel hair... I don't feel like that's deliberate. I think I now feeling that maybe that's just what guys look like. Maybe back then because I don't, I don't think that would have been deliberate. Maybe, I mean, popular film, I'm sure. Yeah, but it would have been made... Same year. Same year. Yeah. yeah.
0: Dan visits Alice while she's cleaned up in the diner and listening to In the Flesh by Blondie. <laughs> Just when the soundtrack couldn't get any better. I know. Debbie Harry shows up. Debbie and the gang. And, uh, and the gang. Alice explains that she hasn't been sleeping and uh, before they could finish their conversation... Dan's date shows up and tells him to hurry up so they're not late for the drive-in.
1: Yeah, Alice is pulling a double shift. She is. Which I think is illegal, but...
0: Yeah. The following day, Bob Shea gets his big moment. And he teaches history class, which sends Alice to sleep. And it's hardly surprising, because he is just talking shit. He is. Uh. Bob Shea loves inserting himself into these films. And it's always the ones where um, he thinks it's a sure thing that it's going to do well. Because the first one, no one knew it was going to be a big success. No one knew Dream Warriors was going to be a big success because of uh, the critical failure of two. Um, and he isn't in those ones, conveniently. No. But the ones where he's like, I'm going to make a fucking shit ton of money. I'm going to get my face in this film.
1: If he can get it to work, I suppose, it's just a cam- I just, personally... I don't think anybody pops when Bob Shay comes on no. the screen. I just don't see anybody in nineteen eighty eight really knowing Bob Shay enough to warrant it being a big surprise, like oh my god, it's Bob Shea. Yeah,
0: he absolutely thinks otherwise, though. He thinks. Do you think yeah, that he thinks? He takes himself so seriously, and he thinks when people are watching the film, like, oh my god, it's him! It's Bob Shea, oh my god! <laughs> no one gives a shit. It's like, imagine if Jason Blum put himself in all the fucking
1: Blumhouse films. But I feel yeah. like that would work now, because of the internet, and people know what who Jason Blum is, That's they true. know what he looks like. That's true. I just don't. But also, think... I feel like
0: his acting would be the exact same as fucking. Bob oh, Shea. absolutely.
1: But I just don't feel like anyone in nineteen eighty five for Freddy's Revenge in yeah. nineteen eighty eight would know what Bob Shay looked like. So he just kind of wanted. I've seen in interviews people talk about Bob Shay as if he wished he could have been an actor. Yeah. So he kind of wants to be in these parts. So he wants to be. The actor, or do the acting, that he never mm-hmm. quite could do. Because, number one, he's not particularly good in his roles. Yeah. Oh, God, he's in New Nightmare as well, he? is in New Nightmare. <laughs> That's different, because he has to play him, himself. Wow. Well, yeah. I feel like he played himself in Freddy's
0: Revenge. <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine? Uh, in a bizarre series of events, Rick is having a shit at school, and has a dream shit. where a bunch of girls rush into his cubicle... Kristen arrives and she's like, make me laugh. And uh, an invisible Freddy attacks him in a martial arts dojo. Rick fights him and manages to knock his bladed glove off. However, the glove levitates and stabs him, killing him. A death that was originally supposed to happen in the elevator that he ends up in. Mm-hmm. With the elevator falling apart all around him until he is fallen in just a dark space. However, according to Harlan, they had already run out of money and were unable to afford this effect, though other sources say it's because the scripts were still in flux at the time of shooting. Uh, it was then suggested that he live, uh, but his funeral scene had already been filmed,
1: so this happens. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to lie. It's shit. <laughs> it really is. It, it is probably the worst part of the film. Yeah. It's Rick's death. <laughs> Cause it looks stupid. It does. Um, the set looks really cheap. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's just not good. It's not cool to have a death scene without seeing Freddy. Yeah. Is shit. I mean, that's we. That's what puts butts in seats, honey. Yeah. I mean, imagine if he's on the fucking poster.
0: Yeah. Imagine if he was there doing martial arts
1: yeah you know that is what i want to see that would have been silly and campy and yeah robert england is accomplished enough to be able to convey stuff with just his voice but it just doesn't work yeah it's a strange one it, it is i understand you know budget constraints just cut the whole thing yeah really Alice wakes up from this
0: nightmare and screams whilst making all the classroom windows explode.
1: (laughs) Never brought up again. Never. (laughs) Oh, did you also notice that Bob Shea was talking about the Dream Master? He was. So he kind of saves the day as well. Yeah. Really, by teaching about the Dream Master. (laughs) I don't know why they're teaching that stuff in school. This is when we notice that with each death, Alice
0: changes. She gains the abilities and personalities of her dead friends. At Rick's funeral, this is um, what I was talking about earlier. So this isn't technically Freddy, but it's something close to those lines. Um, She daydreams that Rick gets out of his coffin. Mm. And he does his, hello, baby, thing. Which, do you know where that's from? No. Because Mika does it in Paranormal Activity as well. And I'd like to think it's a reference to this. Oh,
1: I don't think it is. But
0: I feel like it's like a random American game show, talk show, something along those lines.
1: Oh, like it. Here's, Here's Johnny. Johnny. Yeah, I
0: feel like it's something like that. Um, but he does it twice in the film. So I feel like it's uh, yeah something that everyone would have known.
1: At yeah, time. I'm not. No, it's um, nothing I'm familiar with. Yeah, well, until I'm proven
0: otherwise, then. Paranormal Activity references Nightmare on Street
1: 4. And I'm living for that. That's perfectly fine.
0: Uh, He tells her it's all a big joke to fool Freddy, and he's still alive. And she says, no more daydreams. So he gets back in his coffin and says goodnight.
1: So that's close. That is close. I would have loved if he turned into Freddy. Yeah. That would have been really cool. Which
0: is kind of... Done in new nightmare, yes, isn't it really? When you think about it, it, I think that's kind of like a sister scene to this scene. Okay, do you know what scene I'm on about? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but more on that at the end of the month. Um, yeah, Debbie Stevens says I don't spend working hours, and I just spent hours working out to let some night stalker beat me, and she gives uh Alice her. Wristband with spikes on it. Oh, yeah. It says, Here, take this. It gives bad luck to the creep you
1: flatten with it. Yeah. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> I don't know. I would like to have maybe seen Debbie flatten a creep. Yeah. I think that would have been. Technically, she flattens a bug. I feel like that's. Uh... Oh yeah, did we mention that? Yeah, she. It's actually quite important. (laughs) Yeah, she.
0: When she's introduced, uh, I did. I did say she dislikes.
1: uh, Yes. So let's just go back a little bit because this is also number one. So this is the beginning of the film when we first meet Debbie. She pulls out a what I thought was like a pork scratch. (laughs) I don't know what she's eating. Doesn't look very healthy, and there's a cockroach on it. Yeah. And she drops it, stamps on it, squishes it, mm-hmm. and that's it. Yeah, Oh, so, bugs. Um why was not more said about the fact that she found a cockroach in her I know. food? <laughs> like where did this cockroach come from? Where is she buying her snacks from? Where is she buying her snacks from? <laughs> like that's not like if she'd just seen it on like I don't know, the, the side of the road I
0: or can like bet any money, or something. I bet any money there was a news article
1: around that time where someone found something like that in their food. <laughs> and that's what it's a reference to. I, I, do you know what? I, I think people find cockroaches in their food all the time. Someone found a a Mars bar in the UK. Oh, do you remember that? No. it was a big thing about it in the news. Do you know what? The rumour always was back in the day. <laughs> Probably shouldn't say this. And I was far too young to be talking like this. But at school and everything, the rumour was that somebody in Coventry who was worked at a McDonald's had given themselves a treat <laughs> in the McDonald's special Big Mac sauce and loads of people got herpes Stop because it. this person had given themselves a treat in the sauce. <laughs> Do you think Kids- the person knew they had hurt they had
0: a An STI? Did they do it on purpose? I mean, if they did, that's fucking evil. evil. That's really evil. It was
1: (laughs) purpose. It's not true. Kids are stupid. (laughs) It's definitely not. It's not a true story. But the shit that people come up with when they're kids. I mean, it's
0: Coventry, so I wouldn't be
1: surprised. Well, I'm sure there's these sort of um, urban legends everywhere. Like these modern urban legends. Uh, everywhere about somebody doing something to the McDonalds. Um, I mean, the one that was true was uh, Burger King foot letter. Wow, <laughs> Do you remember that one? And even that's up for of debate. Who knows? That was real. Um,
0: yeah. So Alice says, "This is it. Mind over matter." And Debbie Stevens is like mind over matter. Sheila used to say that. <laughs> She makes plans with Debbie Stevens and Dan to fight and kill Krueger together. Alice then goes home, pulls out some nunchucks and starts using them like an expert whilst Anything Anything by Dramarama plays. Um, Why is this? The martial arts this song? This is the
1: martial arts song. Um, can we just give a little credit to the bad wig that Alice's stunt double absolutely slays with nunchucks in her yes. bedroom with that wig. Um, it's high camp.
0: Why isn't that Lisa Wilcox?
1: Because that you? is that is not Wilson, Lisa Wilcox's hair. <laughs> that is a bad wig. That's true. Um, it doesn't need dry shampoo, it needs CPR. <laughs> <laughs> Alice attempts to leave. Um, I'm so judgmental, Alice. You are it's terrible. Alice, well, it's a bad wig. Okay? I'm allowed to call uh-huh. it a bad wig. That's it's fine. the horrible trash of a pocket. Yeah. Alice attempts
0: to leave, but when her father keeps her in, she falls asleep. Dan waits outside to Crave Inn for Alice, and Debbie Stevens starts working out to I Want Your Hands On Me by Sinead O'Connor.
1: Yes. Um. Oh, I don't know the words to describe how much this song goes off. Yeah. Um, I love it. had no idea when I first watched this film it was Sinead O'Connor. No. I didn't realise Sinead O'Connor did, like, poppy tunes to begin with. Um, but so good. This feels like it's a it's a remixed version, isn't it? It's got, like, a, a rap verse yeah. in it as well. Uh, spoiler alert, it, it appears again at the end of the film. But I, this song goes off. It's top-tier banger. Mm-hmm. I love it. And
0: it's a great pun, considering what happens.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Because she's, you know... Lifting weights But we'll we'll get to see What happens fully In a second mm-hmm. Alice goes outside And heads to a screen Of Reefer Madness On her own Nice A post-apocalyptic Looking Crave-in diner Appears on the screen And her popcorn and drinks Start flying into the screen Many years before Last Action Hero
1: What a great visual Yeah Really well done And this is the time travel Thing I was on about
0: She flies into the screen Herself Yeah uh, Looks back at the cinema All of her f- dead friends Are there applauding her And when she goes into the diner, it's in the future. And she finds an older version of herself working there. And, you know, she's like, oh, I'm not going to be working here forever. And it's kind of like, oh, this is uh, really going deep on Alice's character and how she's trapped in this lifestyle she's living in.
1: Yeah. Like her family, her father and Rick have trapped her in this sort of cycle. Um, yeah, I think it was really interesting. And, and again, I, I kind of wish we would have looked at that side of Alice a lot more yeah. in the film. That, I feel like, and I might get some backlash for this, but I feel like it was all kind of a little lynchy and really yeah. very surreal. Yeah, well, we all know he took the Twin scene. Peaks uh, home video thing. Yeah we all know he took that so
0: yeah. <laughs> he probably went like with the rest of it as well i mean but her
1: seeing her friends yeah. and her being you know all that business obviously it's mm-hmm. it's filtered through a 80s teen slasher film yeah but i do there are some real surreal moments in the whole film that i don't think would be too out of place in a david lynch no. film no um,
0: don't come for me. Freddy sits next to her and says, If the food don't kill you, the service will. They're giving a pizza with the heads of Freddy's victims on there. <laughs> Again, a really amazing practical effect. So if it is these days, this would probably be CGI. But yeah. Oh my God. It looks so good. And they're all screaming. He, uh, he puts his knife into Rick's head. He's like, Rick, you little meatball. <laughs> And he eats it, he eats, he eats Rick's head. He's like, oh, I love soul food.
1: Yeah.
0: And at this point, if you're playing the Freddy Krueger quips drinking game, you uh, fucking
1: pass out. Yeah. It's um, that TikTok that I'm obsessed with where um the young lady, she reacts to really fun th- quotes that people make. Yeah. And she gets a little notebook and she writes them down. I feel like she could do this with the uh, oh, whole yeah. of the uh, franchise, not now the <laughs> franchise. It's a particularly good. Definitely term. this one.
0: Yeah. Uh, Freddie shows Alice that he's going after Debbie Stevens next. So she wakes up, meets with Dan, and they head towards her. But soon realize they're in a time
1: loop. Yeah, I love, I love this. I love it. It's so clever and and kind of unexpected. Uh, that whole Groundhog Day Repeating itself yeah. That's how they get stuck mm-hmm. And they can't help Debbie
0: Yeah
1: Um. Yeah, really well done Yeah, and
0: whilst they're in this time Freddie stalks Debbie And he puts his hands on uh, her weights Like the song suggests Yes And uh, he pushes them down And I remember This really disturbed me When I first watched it oh. And it looks disgusting It does her elbows split in half. Mm-hmm. And this is the bit where I'm like, oh my god, this got a 15 in the UK. Um, she then transforms into a cockroach. This is a product of the fly, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and this is a Screaming Mad George special
1: effects. Yes.
0: And it's just fucking gross. It it's is... the
1: way the arms, the skin of the arms, yeah. just flop on the ground. Yeah. And you have Debbie Stevens running around with these. Bog arms, yeah, and it's so it, it it's exquisitely done, yeah. The f- special effects are phenomenal. They look so good, yeah. It's so grotesque, and I think it's a fifteen because it's so over the top, yeah. It's it's camp, really. It is. It's it's disgusting, but it's so sort of over the top, like. Yeah, there's no other word to describe yeah. it I mean, that's, yeah. that's it Ridiculous, then, almost uh, Yeah But in a, such a good way And she turns to Freddie and she's like Do
0: you know what? You're the one person I didn't want to see sex Now, now I really want to slap you the... She's got no
1: arms She, she can't,
0: can't. Uh, Freddie <laughs> crushes her in a roach motel
1: Yes yeah. And what is a roach
0: motel? I have no is it a idea. real thing I have no I feel, idea. There's a little like... cardboard box in this with Debbie Stevens in it. Yes.
1: And another cockroach as well. there's a big yeah. squelchy squirt come out mm-hmm. of it. Um just really it's my favourite death.
0: Yeah. Definitely. in
1: um and I mean the whole thing, from the moment yeah. Sinead O'Connor starts to the moment that the cockroach motel is squished. Yeah. I think it's so good really it is top notch i mean it's not scary in the least but it's that camp horror that i love this is why i watch horror films yeah because it's ridiculous mm-hmm. but really so entertaining yeah love absolutely. it love it love it
0: and he finished it with a pun of course yes he says you can check in but you can't check out <laughs> The time loop breaks when Debbie Stevens dies and using Debbie's temper, she throws a glass of water in Freddy's face. Not quite. Alice tries to ram Freddy with the truck, but collides with a tree in reality, injuring Dan.
1: Another great visual as well. Yeah. The invisible tree. Yeah. Yeah. Looks really great.
0: Uh, again, something that the remake tried to recreate. And the remake took a fair bit from this film, actually. Ooh. As Dan is rushing to surgery, Alice returns home and readies herself to join him and face Freddie. We get a super 80s montage of her dressing up like Kristen, Rick, Sheila and Debbie. Yeah. Whilst the score features some 80s synth and hair metal sounding guitar. And when she finishes, she turns to the camera and she's like, fucking A. Yeah. It is, oh my God, it is just so, so ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but I'm here for it. Dan is put to sleep, and Freddy appears dressed as a doctor. And uh, Dan's like, Kruger. And he's like, well, that ain't Dr. Seuss. And then Alice... They they can't all be winners. (laughs) No. Alice is like, get away from him, you son of a bitch. And this is absolutely a reference to aliens. Oh, of course, yes. In the dream, Alice rescues Dan, and the two find themselves in an old church, where Dan gets injured in his dream... And uh, it, this prompts the surgeons to wake him up. So Alice has to face Freddy alone. Go on, Alice. Whilst the jump rope girls are in church giving performance. <laughs> uh, Freddy and. It... They're
1: doing justice for their sister yes. in church.
0: Freddy uh, says, Welcome to Wonderland, Alice. Again, a great thing for the trailer. Freddy has the upper hand due to his experience, but she uses her friend's dream powers against him. And kicks the shit out of him
1: yeah she does um it's a great thing for the trailer welcome to wonderland mm-hmm. alice. but isn't if you're expecting kristen's story to continue in the trailer it might be a little yeah, confusing that's I mean, what true the fuck is alice that's true alice weren't into <laughs> you know well, this was kristen's story
0: um freddie says you think you've got what it takes i've been guarding my gate for a long time bitch
1: he does love using the word bitch a lot in this it's... franchise.
0: Imagine if he said it when he was in drag. So he could have been speaking yes, like a drag queen whilst bitch. in drag.
1: Yes. And she is a bitch. Being in total control of herself. Yeah.
0: When uh he's about to win and says, I am eternal. Alice says, I am Iron Man, clicks her
1: fingers. Dickhead. <laughs> Oh, that's a nerdy reference. Oh, my God. Wow. Tammy you didn't think of
0: that when he said it.
1: <laughs> I certainly did not. Did you not? Oh, I okay. did not. I'm sorry. Alice remembers a nursery
0: rhyme, the uh, the famous Dream Master nursery rhyme, thanks for her mum and Bob Shay. And Bob Shay. <laughs> and uh, she recites And the girls.
1: <laughs> it. This is the remix yeah. for the uh, Jump Rope Girls. She recites
0: it and forces Freddie to face his own reflection. <gasps> Kills all of us. Happens to the best of us. Uh, which causes the souls within <laughs> him to revolt in his chest, including Linnea Quigley. Yes. Those tits out. And, Girl, you fucking work it.
1: I love Linnea Quigley. I really do. Such a
0: random role for her.
1: So random. I hope she was well paid because I, I do. I love it a bit. She's a scream queen. Yeah. And I, I kind of wish, when I knew Linnea Quigley was in this film way after I first watched it. I was like, oh, who was she? I was like, oh my god. Was she Dennis did... Stevens? Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, she just... Looks nothing like her. Um, and then realised she was just <laughs> kind of randomly in the, the giant Freddy Krueger body, which behind the scenes looks like a health and safety nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> the strain tears Freddy apart,
0: and uh, Alice says, breast in hell. Alice's friend's souls are released <laughs> And leave Freddy as a hollow husk in. <laughs> <laughs> Were you trying to sound like Lisa Yeah in. Months later Dan and Alice are on a date She's got her uh, Major
1: League hunk She has What um, happened to the other girl? Which other girl? The one at the uh, Crave Inn Oh yeah, the one that wanted yeah. to go to the drive-in
0: with him Yeah.
1: Just, Just
0: a drag yeah. Um, well, she isn't kicking the shit out of Freddy Krueger in dreams, is she? It's true. Um, yeah, Dan tosses a coin into the fountain, and for a moment, Alice sees Freddy's reflection Mm. in the water, but she ignores it, and Dan asks her what she wished for, but she doesn't tell him, and they start walking away from the fountain, as I want your hands on me, starts playing again. Yes. Followed in the end credits by, are you ready for Freddy by the Fat Boys? Yes. And that's Nightmare on Elm Street for the Dream Master.
1: That is a Nightmare on Elm Street for the Dream Master. This is a film where a group of people have gotten together, and they're not exactly on the same page. No, and they throw out a lot of ideas, mm-hmm. and fortunately, a lot of these ideas stick. Yeah, and. They work. Yeah. And it shouldn't work. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't work. But it does. And it's so ridiculous. And yet so entertaining. Mm -hmm. That I can't help but love this film. And uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street sequels have their critics who say that Freddy Krueger became a comedy character. Yeah and the horror was gone and perfectly valid yeah because this film in many ways is a comedy it's a teen mm-hmm. comedy with horror aspects yeah but i fucking love it yeah that's what i like it's it's so stupid at times i mean the dog pissing yeah you know all that but so wonderfully visually stimulating yeah the effects are top notch um it, it, so much of the film i can't think of a bad one mm, no um, there are iffy moments okay it doesn't all work but overall i had a fantastic yeah. i I have a fantastic time every time i watch
0: this. yeah film. no absolutely this is the one like i said i'll come back to the most and for me this is uh an odd comfort film mm. you know just that amount of camp value in a film. It's just, it's like listening to a pop song on repeat. You know, it's really, really just camp genius and I, I love it. Shall we hand out some awards? So, first that we have Biggest Queen. Might surprise you, my one. Okay. But. I've gone for the X-Factor sensation in South, Debbie Stevens.
1: Ooh. Just because
0: she went against type and has always stood out to me in this film. I just think she is a bit of a queen. Yeah, there's
1: a few queens in this film. Mm. I think Kristen. Yeah. You know, Debbie Stevens. I'm going to go with fully evolved Alice. Yeah. Because she has all the, you know, great stuff from all of her friends. that have Yeah. Died. Um, yeah, they're, they're special powers.
0: Biggest gasp, I have the dream warriors being killed so early into the film.
1: I, I agree, actually, particularly Kristen. That was quite the gasp. I'd also go with the cockroach sequence as well. Yeah. It really stuck with me afterwards. Best dialogue,
0: I have you know, you are one major league hunk. Just because of the delivery and how camp it is.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, it's great dialogue. I went with swish, killed a fish. Yeah. Or sight. <laughs> That's camp.
0: I have Alice taking on the personalities of all of her dead friends.
1: I went with Badwig. Alice with the nunchucks. <laughs> Ratings. Are nunchucks still banned in the UK? That sequence was cut from the UK release originally. There was a huge yeah. at that time. Mm-hmm. The UK had a massive issue with nunchucks. Yeah. I don't. I can't even think of. And I don't think I was born when this film was released in the UK or it's the year That's I was born terrible. thank you but i may not have been born if it was released in any time before july i wouldn't have been born thank you <laughs> um but i don't know if there was an incident Maybe. a specific incident but it's why the teenage mutant ninja turtles were called teenage mutant hero turtles <laughs> here in the UK but yeah the um powers that be yeah here in Great Britain had a terrible issue with the idea of ninjas and nunchucks. Yeah. All of that. Yeah. Wow. Uh, ratings, I give it eight major league hunks out of ten. I give it eight cans of dry shampoo
0: out of ten. And Masterpiece Trash to Piece Trash, Basic or a Camp Bunch of Fun. It is a Camp Hole Bunch of Fun. It's a Camp Hole Bunch of Fun. It's available on DVD, Blu-ray and video on demand. And if you enjoyed this, I recommend checking out Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives, because it's the exact same tone.
1: Absolutely. Uh, another film I think had a similar tone, Sleepaway Camp 2. Yes, definitely. I,
0: If uh, you are a fan of this film, talk to us about it on social media. We are Horracle Trash. over on Facebook and Instagram, Horracle Trash on Twitter. we on TikTok as well uh i am dead at gas 92 on letterboxd gasmo 205 on instagram gas cruise
1: 92 on twitter i'm chris barker 823 on letterboxd and uh instagram we're also gasp horror fest across all social media go check it out
0: see what it's all about if you enjoyed this episode give us a rate review and subscribe on itunes like a follow on everything else and next week well, first of all, Friday. Yes, Friday. We're, we're going... taking a break from Freddy and going to Jason. Yeah, we're for going kill, kill, kill. yeah, Friday the thirteenth, part seven, the new blood from
1: nineteen eighty eight. Ooh. Also. Jason meets Carrie. Yes, yeah, sort of, kind of.
0: And next week we'll be back with the continuation of Alice's story. Alice and Dan, and her father, in Nightmare on Elm Street, part five, the Dream Child. <laughs> Which I like. <laughs> Rough, but not as good as this, but I, I like it. Let's yeah, see. How, I'm sure we'll have a lot to let's talk about. See how it holds up after analysing Yes, definitely. We'll be back same time, same place on
1: Friday. Bye.